Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Borussia Dortmund on the 2021 DFB Cup winners. You can feel the passion, the emotion. And Dortmund against all the odds, our European champions. Welcome back to Believe in Borussia, the 09th episode, and it's the special 2021 DFB Pokal Cup winner episode. And also, obviously, we're Champions League bound, so what a week. Thank you for tuning back in and spending some time with us here at Believe in Borussia and the Believe Podcast Network. Today, we'll talk about the Cup win and what it means for the club, for Terzic and for the players. And also our terrific win over Mainz. And if you want to prolong the honeymoon period after the DFB Cup, just go back and check our last week's Nostalgic Cup special interview with 89 Cup winner Teddy DeBear. Who would have thought that we'd beat the odds and be in the position we are in right now? If you did, you probably could have made some money on the betting market. And speaking of betting market, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores and odds and it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cup wins are so special. And I talked about how poor BVB's cup record has been relatively to their league performance in the history of the club. But now, it seems like Borussia Dortmund has become a cup power of sorts, reaching six finals in nine years and winning three cups in the process. And there's really nothing like the tension and excitement of a do-or-die, winner-takes-it-all cup final. And especially if you win it so emphatically. For all the chatter about RB being the new number two in Germany and the rather unfounded media frenzy of how RBL is so great, Borussia Dortmund taking it apart 4-1 in the biggest game of the season on the national stage was extra sweet. Over 10 million people tuned into the game in Germany alone. It was the most watched sporting event of the year so far. And it wasn't because of RB, let's be honest. The last cup final that didn't feature Bayern or Dortmund with Schalke versus Duisburg in 2011. Wow, what a blast from the past. And that game drew a respectable 7 million, while games featuring either Bayern or Dortmund draw around 10 million. And the finals between those two are a ratings bonanza. The cup final in 2016, the last one that featured Bayern and Dortmund, drew over 15 million to the TV screens and had a market share of almost 50%. So yeah... If you were wondering, the DFB Pokal is a big thing, and it's an even bigger thing when Dortmund plays. While talking about TV coverage, it was a bit unfortunate how quickly ESPN switched the coverage post-game, but thanks to VPN and social media, I'm sure you could still catch some of the celebrations and the emotions after. Give me the champagne! Ah! Addicted to champagne! <laughs> You don't forget the first time you win the cup. You grab the trophy, you look at the base, and then you realize your team is going to join those clubs and will be engraved in its history. I mean, that's pretty special. Let's just have a quick listen on our last episode and see what Teddy had to say about winning the 89 Cup Final. 
And when I remember back, uh, I get now goosebumps. It's oh, it's a nice feeling. <laughs> you you don't forget your first big title, do you? No, never. It was uh, it is on my mind in my whole life till the end, and I hope it will it will last. <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to say that it meant a lot to the team and the players and the club. And it might mean even more to the fans. Just ask the couple of hundred fans that gathered at the Borsigplatz after the game for a spontaneous little pyro and player show that made the rounds on social media. After a long season without going to the stadiums, meeting in bars, hanging out with your fan club buddies and your friends, this is a very sweet redemption. And I have to say... Us older millennials, we've had it pretty good. We have witnessed Borussia Dortmund lift a Champions League title, a World Club title, five out of the eight league titles, and now four out of the five cup triumphs. Those four wins now tie us for third all-time with Eintracht Frankfurt and our blue neighbors. Next up, second place all-time with six-win Werder Bremen. A few weeks ago, I speculated that Eintracht Frankfurt might be falling apart at the end of the season, as has happened before. But let's be real, when it was a 7-point difference, with 7 games to go and Eintracht Frankfurt was beating everyone, it didn't look too good. But the wheels came off eventually, and it's a bit of a shame, really. I would take Eintracht Frankfurt over, say, Wolfsburg in the Champions League every day, especially when there are fans back. I'm really not interested in Sayo Wolfsburg Sevilla draw in front of barely 20,000 spectators in the Wolfsburg arena. But hey, if you can't beat Schalke this season, it's kind of on you. It seems Frankfurt got a little cocky after beating us and Wolfsburg back to back. And the leadership obviously misjudged how much turmoil was caused by the departure of Bobic and Hütter. Well, it set up Dortmund nicely to wrap up the Champions League on the penultimate match day. Who would have thought? When I came here, I said that you know I wanted to be successful. I wanted to try and win trophies and stuff. And you know, a lot of people might laugh at that, but you know, I was really eager. And with the team that we have, I always thought it was possible. So, yeah, I'm glad we've kind of gone out there and done it and managed to get a place in the Champions League as well. Matched up against Mainz, who have done a magical turnaround. Bo Svensson is a magician. Mainz is the only club ever to stay in the league after a measly seven points at the halfway mark through the season. And they were already safe too. But instead of relying on gifts and thinking Mainz would maybe not bring it, Terzic brought the A team and they brought their A game. It was a great first half and it set up a convincing 3-1 victory. Dortmund played with pace, Dortmund played with wit and they all looked surprisingly sharp considering they probably all had a beer or two after the cup triumph. But the game was on point, Guerrero opened it with a beautiful strike Then Royce put in a seventh goal of the season after a fantastic Sancho assist. And it was nice to see Brandt getting in on the action too. After he made a crucial play last week, that was basically a hockey assist but didn't show up in the score sheet, he got rewarded this week with a nice play in from Haaland, who served him the goal on a silver platter and he converted. Now the Mainz goal, respectively that penalty, is just another ridiculous VAR call. I mean... Again, considering last week that Kampel came in and actively blocked a shot that he saw with his raised arm, which wasn't even reviewed, and then you compare that with Toto Hazard, who has a Mainz player all over him and he's just fighting for position, but then gets punished 
for a clearance dropping straight down on his arm that he didn't even see coming. It's just so arbitrary. These calls, they are so infuriating. And I especially feel for Berkey, who had a good game and made some really good saves. But in the grand scheme of things, a 3-1 and a wrapped up Champions League qualification on match day 33 is a fantastic finish to the season. And it puts Borussia Dortmund back into world soccer's premier club competition. Overall, this marks the 20th time that Dortmund has qualified for Europe's elite club competition with nine qualifications coming in the last 10 years. So we are witnessing the continuation of an historical best run in the club's 111-year history. Granted, it was a lot more difficult to qualify for the Champions League back in the days when you, you know, had to actually win the league to get in. But nevertheless, it's a great achievement and it's a testament to the club's continuous growth, to its stability and to its reputation. But how it will play out next season will hinge a lot on coaching. This triumphant week and the successes in combination with the passion displayed and the obvious fandom from our coach Edin Terzic fueled the Rose versus Terzic discussions one more time. Quite frankly, fans are asking, why do we need Rose? We have a coach that loves the club and wins his titles. But people forget It's a fast-changing business, and it's a result-driven business. Now, you might wonder why we ever got Rosa in the first place, but the truth is, in December, hardly anyone wanted Edin Terzic. They just wanted Favre out. Now, if Dortmund doesn't win the cup and misses the top four, people would have been up in arms about Terzic, no matter if he was a fan, no matter if he was in the stands and the old cup final or whatever else he would have done or showed to prove his love to the team. And it's certainly understandable that the board didn't feel comfortable giving a novice without any top head coaching experience the keys to the castle for years to come. It was to both protect the club and Edin Terzic. Aki Watzke didn't want to burn Terzic. And they both wanted to set up a long-term perspective for Terzic, which, in the revolving door that is the head coaching business, isn't very likely. They both had confirmed that Edin had prolonged his contract already weeks ago and Terzic said again on Saturday that his path at BBB is long-term. So despite the chatter about one or the other club being interested in him, there's a good chance he'll be there once the next season kicks off. And he has really done a fantastic job. What a turnaround. He created a new spirit in the team and in the club. And it seems he has really gotten through to the players in terms of what the fans mean to the club and to buy into that black and yellow tradition. Just look at how they celebrated Pichu. Look at all the social media postings addressing fans. Erling Haaland wrote, Great yellow wall. Last night was for you. For your cheers, for your passion, for your love. We thank you. Always. And Jaden's team posted, Words can't describe the feeling. The trophy, DFB Pokal winners. This is for you guys, BBB. And Royce just verified, woke up this morning. What an amazing night. Thank you for all your support. To convey this to the players and have the mindful of the fans when there was actually no fans in the stadium all year is no small feat. So that, in combination with winning the cup and bringing Dortmund back into the top four, 
is really putting Terzic into lofty spheres when it comes to popularity right now. The irony, of course, is that Rose could have the very same trajectory. With a few marquee wins, he could go from lame duck to everybody's darling in no time. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who throws the burning match onto the black and yellow gasoline. If Rose starts well and builds on what Eden has started, the chatter will pipe down in no time. If he doesn't, well, you know the business. But Terzic or not, fans and media will always question a coach that doesn't deliver results. The Terzic situation may only accelerate it, but it doesn't create it. It will be absolutely key to transfer the good vibes and the chemistry that is built now over into the new season. Don't underestimate the power of team spirit. And it's not just Jaden and Erling. It's a whole team effort. It's Delaney as the fellow Scandinavian veteran that works hard and shows a guy like Erling Haaland what it means to be a pro. Or the Anglo-speaking gang of the young guys Jew, Jaden and Gio. And speaking of Gio, even more so Akanji. The Swiss centre-back has taken Gio under his wing. He lives close by, drives him to practice, takes him out for dinner. Those little things build trust and they build the willingness to work hard for each other. And if you can put that on the pitch, good things will happen. And you still got vets like Marco Royce or Pichu, who are a masterclass of dedication, professionalism, and in Marco's case, right now still the highest of quality. What he's done in the last weeks is absolutely remarkable. He's not only playing great, but he's playing hard every game. He's been showing the kind of leadership that many have missed at times. I have never doubted his will or passion, but sometimes his ability to translate that on the pitch and push the others. But he's been phenomenal in the last weeks. Absolutely phenomenal. The first goal in the cup final when he strips Campbell, that's all will and grit. They've won the ball here through Marco Royce. Jaden Sancho, they're backing off him! Marco Royce has found Holland, and he's brushed off Upamecano! Marco Royce is away, Sancho up with him, it's Jaden Sancho, and it's three! Hopefully, he can add another trophy or two with Borussia Dortmund before it's all said and done for him. But in either case, he is already an absolute legend. Thank you again for tuning in to Believe in Borussia, presented by Bet Online. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to tune back in next week. And until then, a black and yellow shout out across America. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.